0: my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is November 30th, 2022, Wednesday, and this is Ben and Barry on football.
1: What's up out there, y'all? It's Ben Dickerson. I am your co-host. Kind of bounced back with my wins and losses. Like when that happens. I got 10 and 6 last week. Still not as good as I'd like to be. Still nowhere near that one week when I only had three losses. But what the heck, we still got a few weeks to go before the playoffs. Yeah, it it, it there were some
0: surprising wins. And some of them came real, like the close shave type win. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, we, we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's kick this off with the numbers with the Sterling NetPoint Power Rankings. And, Benny, this group here is the bottom approximate third, 21 through 32. Uh, For the most part, except for a few exceptions, I'm not taking a lot of these guys seriously. Well, it depends. There's a few exceptions. I'm coming up with a concept. I'm going to throw it out, and we can talk about it at another time but i was looking at some of these teams with like let's say um the seahawks high in the scoring range low in the defense range seahawks are 28th defensively giving up 25.5 25 points per game but you'll see that they're they're in the top but their 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 um, net points is is a small number as you can see, even as you look, most of these net point differentials, two or three, four, the highest is with the uh, Houston Texans at minus 7.8. And again, net points and average turnover differential are the stats that can go both positive and negative. So when I was looking, I am say, it was such a small differential, but where their ranking is, is so far apart. And I'm thinking, OK maybe I need to look at something like a ranking differential, you know, and to see how that might play into our our discussions on this. So if you take, for example, like I said, um, the Seattle Seahawks, if they're, let's say, 10th, I'm just going to throw that out, uh, in scoring, and t- what are they here? We said they were 28. 28. That'd be a, a differential of 18. You know what I mean? When your offense and your defense are that far apart in their results, that's I think that kind of says something. And then we have those other guys that are, are are like we talked about. They're in the top 10 or 20 at least in just about every category. So their differential is a lot smaller. So let's keep an eye out for that. Um, not all of these teams have great differentials. You see Green Bay Packers coming in at 23rd in, in scoring and 22nd in defense. Small differential was that 23.6 in, in, in defense and in, uh, 19 was that four? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So not a big differential between their offense and their defense for Green Bay um all of these uh all of these slides will be at sterling netpoint power ranking Facebook page and at um my my blog at sterlingnppr.com so we're going to skip through this Ben what do you see that that uh you know grabs your attention in this bottom group here
1: Well, first of all, let me just say in reference to what you were just talking about, as far as the differential between what teams are scoring and how many points they're giving up, I find that interesting, but I would only find it interesting for certain teams. And those certain teams would have to be teams that are at least in the top 15 to 20 in average net points. Because if they're, for example, like you use the Green Bay Packers, the differential is small between what they score and what they give up. But they're in the bottom third in both. I find no interest in that whatsoever. I'm sorry. You know, whereas a team like Kansas City, I find a huge interest in that. Because they're in the top 10, I believe, in averaging that points. Yet the differential between what they score and what they give up is pretty large. That's interesting. Now, as far as this group is concerned, I'll tell you right now, last week I said it's going to be, I'm not exactly sure what the words were that I used in reference to the teams that are ranked in average net points between 21 and 32. But in reference to the playoffs, I said these teams have little to no chance of making the playoffs. At this point, I see only one team that I believe still has a chance to make it to the playoffs, and that would be the L.A. Chargers. Um, Are you looking just at average net points?
0: As I look at average net points, that is correct. Okay, all right. So you're not looking across at the defense or the offense or anything? Not as
1: far as who I think is going to make it into the playoffs
0: or not, no. Okay, all right. Well, that's interesting because uh, some of the, some of the uh, teams that I see in those other categories are not in this bottom group in terms of net points. Let's go to the next page. Let's see here. All right, this is that middle group you were talking about, net points running from 11 to 20, Jacksonville, Seattle, Minnesota, Tennessee, Washington, Tampa Bay, the Giants, the Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, and the Cleveland Browns, ranging from plus 1.1 down to minus 2.0 point one so that's a small differential of like one in terms of net points but in terms of ranking you're going from 11 to 20 so that's a differential of nine so they're nine uh nine places down and uh, they're on the negative side of things so um that's those teams for net points on points four you're in that 23 to 20 um point per game range 23.9 and 20.9 you got cleveland minnesota the charges atlanta my niners right in the middle at 15 22.6 points per game jacksonville arizona new england chicago and the jets 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 the only team i had any family that played for it um indianapolis is in 11th place defensively uh, you have Baltimore, hey, they're .3 points better than Baltimore in terms of giving up points. Cincinnati, 21, Jacksonville. The Giants, your Giants, Kansas, the 21.1. Now, this is what you might be talking about with Kansas City coming in at 16th place, giving up 22.1 points per game. All right? You don't even see them yet. Over in the net point range, right, and right. and
1: that's a big improvement. They were lower than that. They were in the bottom third for the early part of the season in points against.
0: I well, just Ben, that ben talks about Kansas City defense, like I talk about Kirk Cousins. So that's a big statement coming from you to, to recognize absolutely that they uh, that they've improved. They have improved. Okay, okay. That Miami group is uh, down there at nineteenth. Uh, Tied with New Orleans at 23.3. So they're giving up 23.3 points per game on average. Over in that last uh, column there, we have average turnover differential, again, going from positive to negative. They're basically all positives here, and we have some zeros. So from 11, we have Tennessee at .2, tied with actually Tampa Bay. Then you got a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5-way tie at .1, plus .1 average turnover. Uh, differential. That's San Fran, the Patriots, Buffalo and Cincinnati. All contenders. Arizona, Washington. Arizona has 0.1 also. Washington, Detroit and Chicago breaking even at zero. So that's your 11 through 20 group in terms of your net points, points for, points against and turnover differential. Ben. Yes. I was watching um Skip and Shannon, what's the show that they're on? Undisputed. Undisputed. And Skip said, the turnover ratio stat is the telltale stat of all. (laughs) Oh, really? That's what Skip said? Skip on Undisputed.
1: When he said
0: that, I was like...
1: He was yeah, talking okay. about the yeah, NFL in general? Huh? He was talking about the NFL in general?
0: I forget what they were talking about, um, but turnovers were were a subject, and that's what he said about them. The turnover ratio stat is the telltale stat of all. Skip when undisputed. So.
1: Uh, an argument could be made for that, yes.
0: Especially when you add in the Pythagorean calculation to the to the whole scenario um, where you make that conversion from turnovers to points and uh i actually took a look and we'll talk about this in the next section where you had a couple games where that pythagorean calculation actually swung bias from one team to the other so okay. some interesting things happening there but for right now 11 through 20 any
1: further discussion on this group Uh, Just that, this is the group, and I I mentioned from 1 through 15, but 1 through 20, there's still some possibilities in this group of teams dropping and teams going up into the top. Uh, Again, remind everybody, 14 teams make the playoffs. So if you're anywhere near 14th, you have an opportunity you 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 have a mathematical chance at this point so when you're looking at teams like Washington and the Giants and even teams like Vegas who although they won this last weekend had not been playing well still have a chance that's important yep still
0: in the hunt as they say still, still in, in the, the hunt. hunt all right next up one through 10. I've been watching so much baby first stuff. I have these all these little counting songs in my head now, you know. <laughs> we can count to 10. That's one of the songs. We can count to 10. Look who's number one, Buffalo, at an even um, average net point of plus 10. Dallas, after that beatdown on Minnesota, increased their differential substantially, taking second place at 8.4. That's plus 8.4 points per game. Philadelphia, who had been in second place, comes to seven point nine points per game, so they 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 fell falling a little bit. Uh, Kansas City, we talked about them. That defense was where was that defense at, Benny?
1: Oh, I I can't remember the it number now. Right they there. were in the it second, was kind
0: of back there a little bit. They were in they the that second, guy, third, they, twenty something. Yeah, they're plus seven point five points per game. Rounding out fifth place, my. San Francisco 49ers averaging plus 6.9 points per game. Go, Jimmy G. Cincinnati 4.9, Baltimore 4.4, New England 3.4, the Jets 3.1, and Miami 2.4. This is all positive numbers, so your range from 10 down to 2.4 rounds out your average net points for... um, for the NFL they're on uh, average points for first place you have Kansas City followed by Buffalo and Philly Seattle we talked about Seattle how high they were offensively Cincinnati 25.9 Miami 25.6 Dallas 25.4 Detroit 25 time with Baltimore at 25 even in Vegas 24.1 points per game so that gets you into the door 24.1 points per game in terms of the top 10 in scoring and points against number one, San Francisco 49ers giving up 15.7 points per game. And, you know, we give out, we, we kind of organize all this differential information, but it's amazing how they pull out these little stats, you know, and isolate them. And so a lot, so many of these shows that I see the differential beside it differential, differential differential, But this is where you want to go when you want to just get the bigger picture as to where everybody stands. Um, Dallas is in second place at 17. So Denver and the Jets are both tied for 17.6. Or is that no, 17.8 for Denver, 17.8? My eyesight is not that good. That's fourth place. And fifth place, Buffalo, starting at 18 point uh, allowed per game. Uh, Ranging from 18-1 to 18-6, you have Buffalo, New England, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee. This Tennessee Tennessee Eagle game that's coming up, we're going to talk about this, but this is starting to intrigue me. Look who's right behind them at 19.6 points per game allowed. And then in Washington, they're trying to play spoiler at 19.7, coming in 10th. So there's your top 10. In terms of scoring, defense, San Fran, Dallas, Denver, the Jets, Buffalo, New England, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Philly, and Washington. And as far as turnover differentials is concerned, Philly is in first place, one plus 1.2 uh, average turnovers per game. Baltimore is second at 0. .7. Minnesota and Dallas tied at 0. .5, so that's about a half a point on the plus side for these teams, uh, Seattle 0.4. Then we have a one-two, two-way tie between the Chargers and the Giants at 0.3, and a three-way tie between Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and the Jets at 0.2. So those are your top ten in average turnover differential. And, Ben, let me mess your head up a little bit. Okay. Look across all the categories the first place. Does that look yes. like potential AFC, NFC
1: championship games to you? Yes, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody can argue. I mean, I'm sure there's people that root for certain teams that think that they're particular. Like, there's some people, you know, Cowboys fans are going to say, nah, it won't be the Niners, it'll be us, you know, or whatever, but Yeah, that could very easily, very easily. very.
0: I'm looking, I'm like, holy mackerel, you know? Conference game matchups
1: right there, very easily. (laughs) All right, what you got for this group? I got two things. First of all, since you looked ahead to the Giants, uh, to the Tennessee Eagles game, which doesn't come for another what, week or two? That's this week, right? The Eagles play Titans this week? Oh, it is this week. Well, I just wanted to let you know, when we do the bias plus reports, I'm going to give you an interesting statistic about the Tennessee Titans defense, since that's where you brought it up when we were doing average points against an
0: interesting. Now I can't
1: say it. You messed it up so bad. I know I had to pause <laughs> an interesting statistic.
0: Statistic. Okay. In
1: Reference to the Tennessee defense which uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's lots of people probably know it. Some people may have not think about it. So it's not in any astronomical discovery or anything, but it's an interesting statistic when you think about that upcoming game and the fact that they're so close in average points against um, the other thing I was going to say is when we go back to average net points, and we look at our top 10, you will notice that every division in football is represented in that top 10, except two. (laughs) And those two are not so arguably probably the worst divisions in football as we speak. They would be the AFC South and, strange as it might sound, folks, Tampa Bay fans, the NFC South. Neither of those two teams are represented. Those divisions. That Those two divisions, right. Wow. Which tells you how things have got to change when we talk about the playoff somebody's got to win those two divisions. And they will be two of the 14 teams that make it into the playoffs. And neither of those teams, whoever they turn out to be, are in our top ten. Now, are they in any of the other categories?
0: Let's uh, see. Uh, I believe so. Tampa Bay is in defense. They're yes. 18.5.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, So I'd say on that alone, they're the front runner to win the NFC South. <laughs> on that alone? <laughs> on that alone. AFC South, guess who we're looking at? Jacksonville. Right? Crazy. It's crazy.
0: Jacksonville. <laughs> We talk about talk about those wins when we when we get to the uh matchup part of the show, man. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm all juiced about getting to the matchup part of the show. You ready to move on? I'm ready. All right. And again, the Sterling Netpoint Power Rankings, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us at my blog, SterlingnPpr.com. And on Instagram, yeah, that's the ticket, we're on Instagram also. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Ready for Thursday night football? Thursday night football, wow, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Well, you got the Bills at the Patriots, they're going to go into New England. The bias Plus score 10 favors the Bills. Well, we just saw the net point power rankings, and we saw where the Bills were ranked at one and where the Patriots were ranked. Uh, you add the plus in, which has to do with turnover differential, and bam, that's how we come up with these numbers. In any event, let's look at the Bills here being able to beat.
1: Matt, what do you call him? Mac and Cheese? You still call him Mac and that? Cheese? Make yeah, him? I'm calling him Mac and Cheese because he didn't improve like everybody thought he was going to. I don't know. They were talking nice about him on TV
0: today, uh, yeah, yesterday. Wow. So I don't know. Let's see. Again, not spectacular, but fundamental. That's yeah, well, how the, that's how the Patriots are getting getting it done.
1: Yeah. But yeah, and it's a it's a division matchup, uh, AFC East. Uh, the Bills didn't play great last week, but they really didn't have to against the Lions. Lions played really hard and they kept it close but they made a couple of crippling mistakes. Uh, The Bills running game showed some more improvement. They're getting better and better. Remember we were saying that if there was going to be a deficiency on the Bills, it was their run game, but they are getting a little bit better. They're paying a little bit more attention to it, and the offensive line is showing that they can, in fact, run block. Uh, And Josh Allen threw the ball for 253 yards and two touchdowns. He ran for 78 yards. He's still dominant on the ground and he ran for another score also. Uh, but he also threw his sixth red zone interception of the year. This is troubling. This is definitely troubling. And as soon as he threw it, I was like, no, 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 no. He's got to get out of that. I I don't want that to rear its ugly head in the playoffs and ruin things for the bills. Um, In the end, uh, they had to complete a last late drive to win the game with a Tyler Boyd uh, field goal, 45 yarder, with two seconds left on the clock to beat the Lions. So people might say, wow, they had to go through all that to beat the Lions. But if you watch the game, uh, I had to watch the replay of it because I was watching Red Zone so much. But in fact, you never really got the feeling that the Bills were in any any danger, even though the score was kind of close. You know what I mean? But. Um, the mistakes that the Lions did could have possibly cost them uh, a big upset. Now, as far as New England is concerned, um, they lost a tough road game in Minnesota and that Minnesota high-flying offense, which people are calling their offense and calling Kirk Cousins fire and ice. The Patriots' defense, which has been a top-notch unit for most of the season, played well considering they shut down Davin Cook and the Vikings running game, but they had no answer for Kirk Cousins. Kirk went off on him. So uh, I got to go with the Bills on this one. I don't think the Patriots, as good as their defense has been playing, will be able to slow down Josh, and their offense surely cannot keep up with them in the scoring department.
0: Okay. All right. All right. I can see what you're saying there. All right, then. Uh, Next up. Broncos at Ravens, bias plus score seven,
1: favors the Ravens. Ravens got the bias. Uh, Okay, cool. Just making a little note for me. Um, I am officially not going to pick the Broncos to win another game this season. (laughs) I picked them last week, and they embarrassed themselves and me. And nobody was even around for me to be embarrassed of. It was ridiculous. I, I, I forget about the Broncos, man. I'm done with them. Uh, Lamar Jackson was able to put the Ravens up 27-20 uh, against the Jaguars last week with 2:02 left in the game, but their normally stout defense wasn't able to stop young Mister Trevor Lawrence and those Jaguars. Uh, they were able to roll down the field and score and take the lead. The Ravens did have enough time to attempt to come back, but they needed a 67 yard field goal by Justin Tucker, who damn near made it. That bad boy was going right down the middle, but it fell about two yards short. Unbelievable. I don't know what the heck happened to the to the Baltimore defense. But you know, the Jags are young, but they got a good coaching staff. And normally they would lose games like that, but they were able to pull out the win. So I don't I don't know what to say about Baltimore, except for the fact that there's no way. Of course I say no way, watch it happen. But there's no way the Broncos beat Baltimore next week. There's no way they go into Baltimore and win that game. Go on with Baltimore. Yes. Packers at Bears. You ready for this,
0: Benny? Five plus score 1.1 favors the Bears. Let me find that one. That's, well, you gotta remember, the Packers just, just lost again to the Eagles, you know? Oh, not wow, point? yeah.
1: They're thinking
0: stinking. It's worse than the
1: Bears. At least the Bears is doing some scoring. Well, the Bears had been doing some scoring, but... Without Justin Fields, I don't know. I'll tell you this. Excuse me. Aaron Rodgers only completed 11 of 16 passes before he went out injured. He did throw two touchdown passes, though, in that short period of time. He left the game in the third quarter. I shouldn't say that short period of time because he did make it to the third quarter before he had to go out with uh, a rib injury, but he was able to throw two touchdowns before that happened. Uh, Unfortunately, he also threw two interceptions. He's still playing with a broken thumb. Now he's most likely being fitted for a flak jacket. He's been on TV this week saying that he's much improved and he plans to play. And, of course, the coach is saying we plan to stick him out there. So we'll have to see what happens on that. But the improving Bears offense came crashing back down to earth with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. What a mess. Justin Fields can't play. They named Trevor Simeon. He goes out there and gets an oblique strain in warm-ups before the game. Then they say they're going to go to Jason Peterman? Are you kidding me? But somehow, Simeon fought through his oblique injury and ended up starting and playing the entire game. Uh, (laughs) The Bears' defense is just a shell of themselves since they made the wholesale trades of all their best players. So I think... That uh, the Packers will go into Chicago and limp their way to a victory, unless Justin Fields can play. I got to put in a. I know I got to pick somebody, and it's only Wednesday, so I'm going to pick the Packers. If somehow Justin Fields plays, there's a good chance that the Bears can beat the Packers. But if he doesn't play, they have no chance.
0: <laughs> Okie dokie.
1: So, so
0: I, I'll, I'll stick with the Packers. And Ben, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, this is one of those games where turnover differential favored the Bears, but net points favored the, the Packers. Uh. If I'm not mistaken, but that that when you calculate with the Pythagorean calculation, it wound up being the Bears. By, okay. Uh, the skin of their chinny chin chin. I right, mm. say it with me, Benny. The commanders. You will have plenty of time to say it because they're at your job. The New York football Giants, bias score at 0.
1: 0.9. Ooh, favors your Giants. Wow, Giants get the bias. It's a very small bias, but they do get it. Anyway, Washington has now won six of their last seven games and are looking really scary. And they look pretty good uh, doing it at home against Atlanta. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a rainy days, a lot of rain, ball was wet, field was a little sloppy. Uh, bo- and both of these teams, Atlanta and Washington, both lean on their running games. But uh, the commanders were simply just more dominant with their running game. Rookie running back Brian Robinson, Jr. led the way, 18 carries, 105 yards. They just looked much better. Um, he also caught one of Heineke's two touchdown passes. Um The lately very stout defense, also by Washington, kept the Falcons running game under control. And Kendall Fuller picked off Mariota in the red zone with about 58 seconds left in the game that pretty much shut down Atlanta, got the win for the Commanders. Now, even though the Giants defense intercepted Dak Prescott twice last week against Dallas or in Dallas, they weren't able to sack him and the offense had all kinds of trouble moving the ball. Daniel Jones threw one touchdown pass, and Saquon had one touchdown on the ground, but they had four three-and-outs, and and Dallas only had one. So that tells you about time of possession and ball control right there. The Giants are going to have to do better. Uh, I believe they had three starters on the offensive line out with injury, and, of course, they have all those injuries on defense too. It's going to be tough sledding for the Giants. But they are at home. (laughs) They are at home. And everything I said about the commanders playing better on defense and the Giants missing offensive linemen and not being able to move the ball well through the air tells you that the commanders should win this game. But I can't pick against my Giants when they play the commanders. I just can't do it. So this one's with the heart and not with the head. I'm taking the Giants.
0: Going with the bias, going with the Giants. Yeah, maybe the bias will prove me right this time. Jaguars at Lions. Bias will score 5.1, favors the Jaguars. Again, Jaguars had a few good wins, you know, strong wins uh, uh, by large margins and everything that the Lions do. Usually it's losing but by a very small margin with -hmm. a lot
1: of scoring
0: (laughs) going on. Yeah,
1: but, you know, both these teams have shot themselves in the foot quite a few times. Um, The young Jaguars were able to eke out a big-time win against the Ravens last week in a game that I don't think anybody picked them to win. Um, And it was thanks to some really clutch play by Trevor Lawrence. After the Ravens took a 27-20 lead with two minutes and two seconds left on the clock and with no timeouts, Trevor Lawrence drove his offense 75 yards, threw a touchdown pass to wide receiver Marvin Jones, and then completed the go-ahead and winning two-point conversion to Zay Jones. Masterful job by Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense. Now for the Lions. Two third quarter mistakes ended up being killers for Detroit in their hard-fought game against the Bills. We talk about shooting themselves in the foot. The kicker, Michael Badgley, missed a chip shot, twenty-nine yard field goal in the third quarter, and also during the third quarter, Jared Goff took a sack for safety. So that's three points that should have went on the board, and two points that shouldn't have gone on the board for the other team. Okay, then. With 23 seconds left in the game, Badgley finds himself with another opportunity to help win the game. And and, no, no, excuse me. He converts a 51-yard. This guy missed a 29-yarder, then converts a 51-yard field goal to tie the game at 25. Unfortunately, they left just enough time for Josh Allen to roll down the field and win the game with the Tyler Bass field goal. So, again, two critical b- mistakes by Detroit cost them a chance for a big upset victory. That being said, I got to go with the Jaguars. I'm loving the Jaguars right now. Think I'm loving the do Jaguars. Did yeah. you see
0: the uh, Jaguars mascot on TV?
1: Created yeah, he's always,
0: he's always under the goalpost acting like a nut. No, this was mm-hmm. even different. What did you? do? He's running around the field with a speedo on. Oh God. <laughs> Making national news. This thing was small too. <laughs> oh my goodness. A mascot and a speedo.
1: Mascot and a speedo.
0: Sheesh. Well, the J-E-T-S-Jess, Jess, Jets are going into Minnesota. And for all the Kirk Cousins love you shown. Bias Plus going 1.4
1: favors the Jets. <laughs> okay. Strange world. This would be my candidate for intriguing game of the week. Mike okay. White started the game against the Bears last week in place of the benched Zach Wilson, the benched and disgraced Zach Wilson, and didn't just hold down the fort, but f- was freaking awesome. He ran the offense almost flawlessly, and he was extremely efficient throwing the ball. We're talking about 22 of 28, 22 of 28, 315 yards, three TDs. This guy just comes off the bench like what? And no turnovers. The fans were chanting his name, not only at the end of the game, they were chanting his name in the middle of the game while the defense was on the field. Wow. Not only do the fans love Mike White, but I'm hearing the teammates really like him, too. He he's loved, he's beloved in in the uh, in the uh, locker room. I heard Zach Wilson's name mentioned in the same sentence with Carson Wentz in reference to popularity. Carson Wentz, yes, in regards to popularity in the locker room. Ooh, that's not a good thing. That's That's not not good good at all. Not good at all. Hmm. Uh, In week 10 versus a very good Dallas defense, the Vikings offense looked completely overwhelmed. Last week, against a very good Patriots defense, the offense looked spectacular. Again, we're talking fire and ice here for the Vikings offense and for Kirk Cousins. He was fire in this one. The Patriots were able to slow down the Vikings' running game but Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and TJ Hawkinson seemed to get open at will. And Cousins had no trouble finding any of them. And each one of them scored a touchdown. Take the Vikings. Justin Jefferson. Take the Vikings at home. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm yeah. looking forward to Justin there Jefferson you. versus Sauce Gardner, bro. Oh, there you go. That's now we talk. The price of admission. Yeah, now we're talking right there, you know. Right,
0: and I've I, as far as Mike White is concerned, I've heard some things where they're like, "Oh, he was just playing against the Bears defense," and you just finished pretty talking pretty bad about the Bears defense yourself. Yes, I did, but, but he did what you supposed what a good quarterback would do to a bad defense, right? You know, so uh, and from what I stand. He's spreading that ball around. And you had some receivers who were previously somewhat dissatisfied with big smiles across their face all of a sudden. That is he correct. Way. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a dynamic that's going to be interesting for my old coach, Coach Sala, to have to contend with. Uh, you're going to go with the Vikings here. Which yes. is kind of understandable. Again, fire and ice, and you're hoping that they're fire against the J-E-T-S, but the bias It's gonna going be it. a tough
1: game. Yeah, this, this is not gonna be an easy game.
0: Okay. All right. There you go. It's gonna be a tough one. How about this one, Benny? Browns at Texans bias plus score. 3.3 favors the Texans. Except for the X factor about to calculate into this thing. I was gonna say, how, how are the Texans
1: getting the bias? Browns has been kind of not good. Well, that's true, but so have the Texans. <laughs> well, and again, and <laughs> that's this, funny. I, I don't know if you this is kind of not ones, good. <laughs> this,
0: this is one this might be one of the ones where um the uh the turnover differential maybe favored the Texans also.
1: Okay. Okay. But long that's story short, name.
0: yeah, yeah. I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised, but the Browns just lost the game, right? And the Texans, did they lose their game by less? I think sometimes, that, and that's the thing. Sometimes when I'm doing these things, you see a bias plus score. It's always a positive number, but it could be two teams playing each other who are both in the negative. So that just yeah, happens to be the be. differential. Think line, think along the number line. That's just happening to be the, the differential on the number line uh, between the two teams. But yep, favors the Texans.
1: Yeah, the uh, the Browns beat the Bucks twenty three seventeen last week. And I know the Texans lost, uh, and they got blown out. So, again, that's a little weird, but we'll go with the numbers. Um, It was Jacoby Brissett's last start before Deshaun Watson takes over. He's off the suspension. He's been practicing, and he's supposed to start this week. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's TD pass to tight end David Njoku forced overtime. And Nick Chubb scored on a three-yard run with 19 seconds left in overtime to beat the Buccaneers. Um, And the defense shut out the Buccaneers on their last seven possessions. Seven possessions the Buccaneers did not score a touchdown or a field goal. Not good, but it was good for the Browns. They looked really good on defense, which they haven't done for most of the season. Um, Houston was able to score all 15 of their points in the second half. And they only accumulated 210 total yards in the game. So again, even though they did find the end zone, um, it was a pretty poor performance. Also, uh, the defense was able to sack Tua a tug of fire low four times. But other than that, there's nothing good to say about the Houston's, uh, Texans game against Miami. They got blown out 30 to 15. There's no way I can pick the Texans over the Browns. And I'm hearing reports out of Cleveland that Deshaun Watson's looking excellent in practice. So I'm going to go with the Browns.
0: Well, you know, your, your, your sense of the numbers um, is pretty good because uh, the, the Texans are like last in net points right seven something i'm getting ready I, 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 at minus what are they 7.8 and cleveland is minus 2.1 so i don't know if i got something but i'm just double checking here on the um turnover differential uh-huh Where is uh houston minus 0. 0.4 and cleveland is minus 0. 0.6 so that's a small amount. That's a 0.2 differential times four. Would be 0.8. So yeah, I think your numbers, your 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 uh, sense of is correct. I'm gonna have to make that correction. Okay. That, that looks like that should favor the Browns there. Right. And I just might have put the wrong name in there. No uh, problem. So there you go. Going with the Browns. Yes, sir. All right. Fantastic. Still is at Falcons. Bias Plus score 3.1 favors the Falcons. How do you feel about that number?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: what what was the number again? 3.1. 3.1, huh? Yeah, 3.1. Falcons still getting some props. Well, Uh, you know, I mean.
1: They had some good wins. I got to give it to them.
0: They've had a few good wins. Atlanta, where are they, Luke? They are uh, they're not. they're not that far down um, in terms of net points. Hmm. They've had their challenges. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I see them. Uh, there you go. They have minus 1.8 net points. But the Steelers where's, where's Pittsburgh at? Even Christmas. Keep looking all the way at the bottom. Pittsburgh, you are not all the way at the – wait a minute. Yeah, I'm looking at the right place. Yeah, they are at the bottom. <laughs> Minus 6.1. I think – you know what I did? I'm looking at – instead of I, – I, I clicked on one of the other categories, so my numbers are not consecutive like they should be, and that's what was – Okay. All right, so now I see it. Um, relative to average net points, we're looking at the Steelers. That's Pittsburgh. Um 30th minus six point one. Mm. That point. So that's the challenge there. Atlanta's 19th at minus 1.8. Okay. Okay. That's that's right there, you know what's going on with the differential and why the bias goes toward the Falcons.
1: Okay. Well, the Steelers have to go to Atlanta. Uh last week playing the Colts after Najee Harris went out with an abdominal injury in the first half. Backup running back Benny Snell, Benny Snell, filled in very nicely with 62 yards and scored the go-ahead touchdown on 12 carries, and even though Kenny Pickett didn't throw for any touchdowns, he was efficient with the few passes that he threw, and he had a couple of pretty good runs to add to his team's 172 total yards on the ground. Pretty efficient game by the Steelers, considering they haven't been playing that well lately. The defense was flying around all over the field all day, and the Steelers look like a team that's playing hard for their coach, trying to keep his record or get him another winning record, at least try to get close to it. I really don't think they have much else to play for, but they sure are playing hard. I'll give them that. I have to say it's, it's – it's for old Coach Tomlin. Now, although the Falcons' offense is astonishingly balanced, their lack of big-time playmakers is still kind of holding them back and making it difficult for them to find the end zone. And they just lost another playmaker, um, Drake London, I believe, went down. No, it wasn't Drake London. Uh, Kyle, it was Pitts. Kyle Pitts went down with a season-ending injury. So that's one less big time playmaker that wasn't really having a big time season but a big time potential playmaker is now out for the season. So now it's pretty much Drake London, the run game and a couple miscellaneous dudes whose names I can't think of. That being said, I think the Steelers are feeling kind of good about themselves. Kenny Pickett threw the ball pretty well. He wasn't wild and crazy and all over the place. Him and Pickens look like they have a nice little combination going. That's going to be a good uh, passer-wide receiver combination going into the future, Pickett and Pickens. Tandem. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's a good tandem. I'm going to pick the Steelers to go into Atlanta and beat the Falcons. I think they're feeling it right now. I think they're feeling like they don't have a whole lot to lose except for Coach Tomlin and his record. And that they're going to continue to play hard for him. T.J. Watt playing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's playing. T.J. Yeah, Watt's playing. Yeah, the defense is always better when he's on the field. Mariota's is on one of those guys that uh,
0: can be a bit hot and cold, um, right. mobile, but you know, uh, I don't think that he scares anybody. You know, too much with the run. He he,
1: so, he he's not good a good enough passing threat to to. Get strike any fear in anybody's heart. Miles Jack plays with the Steelers now?
0: He's Miles out Jack. with the knee. I'm, I'm looking at their list of injured. Oh, I didn't realize Miles Jack was with the Steelers. I know Minka Fitzpatrick is injured. Yeah, Minka, Minka's hurt also. They, they got some serious, they got some injuries. Najee, Jalen Warren, Miles Boykin, Larry Ogun, Joby. Hmm. All right. Well, in any event, you're going with the Steelers over the Falcons. Yep. All right. Let's move on. All right. Interesting game here. Titans at Eagles. Bias plus score 11.5 favors the Eagles. That's easy to believe, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) What
1: you got on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, Tennessee, here's the interesting stat I was talking about. Tennessee hasn't given up more than 20 points all season long. I don't know if you knew that or not. Okay. And they've only given up exactly 20 points twice. Once to the Chiefs earlier in the season and last week against Cincinnati. 20 and 20. So they still haven't given up more than 20. They've only given up less than 20 in every other game. Unfortunately, the Bengals' defense was just as tough and physical as the Titans usually are. They held Derrick Henry to 38 yards, and that takes some doing. 38 yards on the ground for Derrick Henry. Um, and a fumble. And and a fumble. Now, he did get off through the air a little bit, but um, He was far more effective. He had three catches, only three catches. They were for 79 yards. The bulk of them came on one catch and long run. And just before he got ready to score, I think he was around a five or six-yard line, the ball got punched out, and Traylon Burks, the wide receiver, jumped on it and got the touchdown. That was a weird play. I don't even think it registered in fantasy. It was crazy. People that had Derrick Henry were pulling their hair out. Cause he got no credit for that run, and I don't. Think I don't Trae- know if anybody got
0: credit. I, it's like I, they yeah, didn't I, they didn't give like, Burks didn't credit in a for other category or something.
1: Exactly, it went down as the other. So that means Burks didn't get credit for falling on the ball either. Very frustrating for fantasy, but they had nowhere to put it. They had nobody. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, those things rarely happen, but they do happen. Um, that was the Titans' only touchdown, actually. A uh, tough game against the Bengals. That That's a real big-time rivalry, too, between those two teams. Um, now let's talk about the Eagles. I'm still not sure what to make of the Eagles' defense. I know we talked to our friend uh, Mark Russell, and he was saying some things about Jonathan Gannon, the, uh, the defensive coordinator, and some of the weird stuff that he does. Um, they had a game against the Packers. They gave up a lot of points in that game. In fact, seven touchdowns were scored in the first half of that game. That game was flying by in the first half. Crazy thing, though, is, yeah, the Eagles scored four of those seven touchdowns. The Packers scored the other three. <laughs> I said the other three like there was a third game, a third team playing. <laughs> anyway, I still never felt like the Eagles were in any real danger of uh, losing that game because their incredibly dominant run game was in high gear. They got 157 yards from Jalen Hurts and 143 from Miles Sanders. In total, they generated 363 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. Hurts also threw two touchdown passes. Their offense is just dominant right now. They're looking crazy good, man. People are – going crazy Eagles fans are going crazy trying to find something wrong with this offense. It's so, it's almost too good to be true. They can't believe it, but that's how good they really are. The defense. Eh, I don't know. Remains to be seen, but this will be an interesting game. I'd say this is another intriguing game. uh, Candidate.
0: I did actually call our friend Mark, um, and uh, to let him know, I was listening to um, 94.1, the, the sports network. Right. And the subject was the defensive coordinator for the okay. Eagles. That was the conversation. And he yeah, he bangs on him really hard. Um, but they've only got one loss. Bias plus score, 11.5, favors the Eagles. We know, you know, they're, they're – oh, and also – Jordan Davis is coming back. That is true. So that should help clog up that middle a little bit. You know, maybe they,
1: they can uh, control the run a little bit better. Um, yeah, well, i tell you what. If Jordan Davis plays a big part in slowing down and or stopping Derrick Henry, they need to take the million dollars that they paid in Dominican and Sue and give it to him. Okay, because that's a wasted million dollars. They can send that bum back home. Jeez. That's no. just that's just me, you know. Now that being said, I think this is a rock'em sock'em game that's going to have Eagles fans on the edges of their seats. But I believe that the Eagles will squeak this one out at the end. All right, squeaking it out.
0: um You know, I, I am I'm very impressed with Jalen Hurts' ability to both run and play from the pocket. Yes, it's such a deadly combination um, and he's such a good runner. You know, I compared him a little bit um, to uh, Fields, and, you know, in Chicago. Um, I thought they were kind of, you know, similar, just strong and fast. But I think Jalen is, you know, much better entrenched in that. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. The Um, only similarities is
0: is the physical makeup. Physical. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm just saying kudos to Jalen, you know, um, thinking the game, you know, and doing such a great job
1: there. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I should also uh, – I would be remiss if I didn't remember to mention that he is now the um, the franchise leader for quarterbacks in rushing, outrushing Cunningham and McNabb and Michael Vick. Yeah, and when you I passed
0: think, up Michael Vick, you did a little something-something there, didn't you? Yeah,
1: and he broke Vick's single game record. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um,
0: you're going with the Eagles next up? Yes. Uh-oh. 49ers East versus 49ers West. Ah, at, at
1: last. At last. At last. At last. That's another intriguing game candidate. Oh, man. Uh, you
0: got to make it, some glory. choices this week, bro. <laughs> Bias plus score 4.9 favors the 49 ers Oh man, you know what are they gonna do with Tyreek Hill? Well, you know what they're gonna do with Tyreek Hill, we're gonna do what we do with everybody. We're gonna knock them the heck down <laughs> until they got stars going around their head. That's your best bet. Remember Roger Rabbit? He, he, he With the thing, he says, he says uh he would hit himself in the head and get the stars. And the producer of this of this movie will say, I want birdies. He said, I can do birdies.
1: Ah, I can do birdies.
0: <laughs> birdies instead of stars going man, on. I can give you I can give you birdies. In any event, this looks good, man. Protege, you know, versus versus the teacher. Yeah. We got, we got ex players on, you know, running backs on both sides They're running. You know, oh, my goodness, Mostert. Oh, you know how much I love Mostert.
1: Yeah, he's he's a little dinged up, though. I don't know if he's going to be ready for this one. Ah, yes. But Wilson will be starting. I thought uh, Wilson
0: was hurt. So, uh, you know, but I I heard what you're saying about him starting, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad to
1: hear it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wilson's okay, but Mostert, he didn't even play last week. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Yeah, um,
0: I'm pretty sure you're right about that. But in any event, um, four point nine is the bias plus score favoring the Niners. That defense is the difference. Uh, what do you think? What do you say? Here? It sounds like you're making
1: up your mind.
0: <laughs> no, I think I, the defense is number one. You know, the Dolphins' defense is ranked what? Oh, they're low. They're well, no, they're middle of the road. I mean, the defense is the difference there. you know. Okay. Okay. Um, in, terms of, in terms of scoring, I mean, we can could, we could look at that real quick in terms of points per game. Yeah, know, yeah. Let me know what that is because – You know, Kansas uh, City is in first place. Miami comes in sixth. They're scoring 25.6 points per game. Where are the Niners at, like around 10, 11. Uh, how about 15 at 22.6 okay. points okay. per game but okay. then like I said defensively is where the big you know is, is the bigger difference uh, as I look here here we go here we go so San Fran again is in first place allowing only 15.7 points per game Miami is in 19th place, allowing Mm -hmm. 23.3 points per game. So the difference is the defense is the biggest difference as far as I'm concerned.
1: Okay, so I believe that statement will ring true in both instances. But uh, Miami has proven to have a very diverse attack on offense and a very opportunistic, if not strong, defense in reference to points allowed. Uh, two or through for 299 yards and one touchdown with one interception last week. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill each had 85 yards through the air and the defense had three takeaways. Like I said, they might give up points, but they're pretty opportunistic. Also, lest we forget, head coach Mike McDaniels was the Niners OC last year. And I forget how long he was there. So he knows a thing or two about that Niners defense. Now I could come back and say the same thing about Shanahan knowing about Mike McDaniels and how he likes to run his offense, but there's a little bit more to it. The Niners have some issues. McCaffrey's a little bit dinged, not bad, but he's got a knee issue. Elijah Mitchell is probably out for the season. So now that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your run game now, depending on how healthy McCaffrey turns out to be, could be on a guy named Mason and a guy with a hyphenated name that you happen to like.
0: Tyrion Davis Price?
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Don't so if it comes to that, now it may not come to that. I'm looking right? for him. It, it, it may not come to that. From everything I've heard, McCaffrey's issue is minor, okay? So if that's the case, then they'll be fine. Uh, The defense shut out the Saints last week, but uh, the offense kind of looked average. I think they just did enough to just win. They didn't push the envelope. Shanahan didn't open up the playbook. They just tried to get in and out of that game as quick as they could. That being said, the home team is the Niners. The stronger defense is the Niners. I'm gonna go with the Niners. But this could be this could be a really rough game to them.
0: They actually have Jimmy Garoppolo listed on the uh, injury list. Me was a full participant in practice. Then they got Jimmy on there.
1: If he's a full participant in practice, it means nothing.
0: Well, they have Jimmy, Christian, Elijah, Debo, and Eric Armstead all listed. As yeah, you know, Debo's on the
1: list every week. Practice. If Debo has to put some ice on his elbow, they put him on the injury list. <laughs> and then Friday he has a full practice, and he's a full go on Sunday. All right, there you
0: deal. go. That's how you do it. That's what Aaron Rodgers said, right? That's how you do it. Yes, yeah, you it do. Up it. And go. Yep. Seahawks at Rams. You have a division game. Bias plus score of eleven point seven favors the Seahawks. We talked about. That big ranking differential that the Seahawks have. But with all of that, the Rams just think so. 11.7 favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I needed that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Seattle lost their second game in a row, unfortunately, falling to the Raiders in a rock 'em sock 'em affair, 40 to 34. What a game. Wow. Geno Smith played pretty well, actually. He was 27-37, 328 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw one interception. But their running game struggled. Kenny Walker the third, who we were both loving and saying was looking like he was going to become the front runner for rookie of the year. He did score two touchdowns, but he only actually gained 26 yards. So they moved the ball down the field, through the air, got him a couple of short touchdowns, but they were never able to establish their running game. Uh, the defense got bullied by the Raiders' offensive line, and Josh Jacobs basically gutted them. That was ugly. Ugly oh. what the Raiders did to them.
0: Wait, wait. That was beautiful. What are you talking about? You uh, it talk- was ugly for the Seahawks. You talking about that final
1: play? Oh, that was a that was a work of art. <laughs> But I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of Seahawks fans ran to the restroom to throw up. <laughs> they probably did. Yeah. Now the, the Rams, man, we I you know what? I didn't think the I, I believe in Super Bowl hangovers. And I didn't think the Rams were gonna be that good this year. At first I did. I, I remember I had them ranked pretty high in my preseason pick. But as the season began, I said, you know what? Rams is going to be hurting this year. But I didn't think it would be this bad. They look bad, man. Even the good players that they still have left on the team are playing bad. We go whole games without barely hearing um, Aaron Donald's name. Jalen Ramsey gets burnt week after week. This is crazy. They can't seem to get anything going offensively or defensively. They might as well let Bryce Perkins... Finish the season because Matt Stafford is all banged up. He's in and out of concussion protocol. If they plan on keeping him on their team as their quarterback, they might as well sit him and let him go. They're not going to win no games. They're not going. They're they're not going to make it to the playoffs. I wouldn't put him back out there if I was them. This guy might he he might retire. Who knows?
0: You, you they, mentioned they, Aaron Donald. They had a highlight on I think Josh Jacobs. Aaron Donald, they hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. Aaron Donald breaks through the line, and Josh Jacobs stiff-arms him into the ground.
1: Oh, God. It's like, ooh, do you know who that was? You just did that, too. And and remember, Aaron Donald said he was going to retire. He said, I won the Super Bowl. I should retire. And they talked him into coming back. I know he's kicking himself now. Super Bowl euphoria there. There Yeah.
0: All right, going with the Seahawks? Seahawks. Chiefs at Bengals. Talk about an intriguing game, Benny. There's another one. Chiefs at Bengals. Look at this bias. Man, what a week, man. We got some fascinating, fascinating
1: matchups.
0: Bias plus score of one. And, Ben... It's such a lonely number. I put 0.0 there just so it wouldn't be all by itself. (laughs) One there. Favors the Chiefs. One as well Uh, as uh, they're playing offensively. But as you said, you know, you got to look at the whole picture there. And the Bengals are playing pretty good ball.
1: Yeah. And that that makes it even more intriguing because – As much as people hate to even question the Chiefs' ability to win games against whoever they play against, they showed a couple little chinks in their armor right at the time when the Bengals look like they're really pulling it together. So this game is going to be extremely interesting. The Chiefs did have some issues in the red zone during their win against the Saints, even though the defense was able to shut the Saints out. Their Saints offense is nothing to talk about. That's no big deal. But last week, the Chiefs had four trips inside the 20-yard line, which netted four field goals by Harrison Butker. They did not find the end zone every time they got into the red zone. Four times they had to settle for field goals. Something going on there. I'm not exactly sure what it is. And if anybody can fix it, it would be Andy Reid. So I'm not going to get too excited about it, but it did happen. Joe Burrow and the Bengals look ready to make a real strong playoff run. They had a good run game without Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow is throwing the ball well, he's not getting sacked like crazy like he was last year. They're playing really tough physical defense. And they showed it against a really tough physical team in, t- in Tennessee last week. I am going to pick the Bengals in this game to treat their home fans to a victory over the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Jamar Chase,
1: coming back, yes or no? Uh, still questionable.
0: Still questionable. All right, You're going with the Bengals over the Chiefs? Yes, sir. Chargers at Raiders. Bias plus 0.1. I don't know why I put the extra one in there, but. (laughs) 1.1. Bias point. uh, Favors the Raiders. Really? Chargers. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These numbers, sometimes these guys, you know.
1: We yeah, they, 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 they had both these teams have had some issues. Um, Raiders a little bit worse off than the Chargers, but after that big win last week, who the heck knows? Chargers have been down by 10 points or more in the first half of their last four games. All those four games were victories. Ah, that's a plus. They fell behind 24-17 in the fourth quarter to the Cardinals last week. But Justin Herbert threw a one-yard touchdown pass to Austin Eckler with 15 seconds left in regulation after a nice drive and then hit tight end Gerald Everett for the two-point conversion, and they won the game 25-24. Big win for the Chargers. Bad loss for the Cardinals, but we'll talk about that later. Raiders obviously got the big win against the Seahawks last week. That's a game that usually they would lose. Uh, instead, they rushed for a whopping 283 yards and 576 total yards. Yeah, Derek Carr was nice through the air. 576 total yards in that game. They won it in overtime on a breakaway 86-yard run by Josh Jacobs. Who basically had his way with the Seattle defense 33 carries totaling 229 yards and two touchdowns what a day and that guy was questionable he was almost a game time decision that's why I say it's fantasy is rough man you don't know when this I didn't start him. I was look I won my game last week by four points. If I had started him, I would have won going away. I didn't think he was going to play. What's your
0: net points for the, for the year, Benny? <laughs> That's,
1: I don't know. I have to figure that out.
0: <laughs> um, well, you know, the thing about this, again. Oh, I didn't say. I'm picking the Chargers. Picking the Chargers, going with yeah. the Chargers over the Raiders. Yeah, I
1: still think they're the better team.
0: Average scoring margin. The Chargers basically, uh, where they are, LA Chargers, 22nd place at minus 2.7 net points per game. Vegas is in 18th place at minus one.
1: Yeah, I can't trust the Raider defense. I just can't. I Can't can't
0: trust them, eh? Can't do it. Okay. All right. Going with the Chargers over the Raiders. Next up, Colts, Cowboys. this is the Sunday night game, Colts mm. at Cowboys bias plus score eighteen point one looks like the highest bias plus of the weekend favors the Cowboys. All
1: right, kudoki. <clears throat> uh, let's see, Steelers sacked Matt Ryan three times and held Jonathan Taylor to eighty six yards. The Steelers' defense is nowhere as good as the Dallas' defense, okay? (laughs) Now, obviously, division games are usually tough, and the Cowboys' game against the Giants was for sure a bit of a tough game for the Cowboys, but the defense was too strong for the Giants. Uh, The Giants depend on their running game a lot, just like the Colts do. Now, of course, they were missing three starters on their offensive line, but still, Cowboys' defense is just too good. They can stop a run game. They know how to stop a run game. They did it to the Vikings. They did it to the Giants. And they will probably do it to the Colts, too. And Zeke looked fresh. Zeke looked good. Zeke actually outrushed Pollard. And they both had good games. So the run game's going good there. I will take the Cowboys. I don't think um, the Colts have enough to hang with them, the boys.
0: All right, should be interesting. Should be interesting. And that takes care of Sunday night, which leaves Oh, Saints at Buccaneers. Division, right? Yeah. Buccaneers always struggle with the Saints. Something about the Saints give the Buccaneers a hard way to go, or was that just when Drew Brees was the quarterback?
1: Uh <laughs> that was mostly when Drew Brees was the quarterback.
0: Oh, well, the bias plus score is 7.1 favors the Buccaneers right now. Who we got, Who we got quarterbacking for the Saints, man? Is it still, Andy, it's
1: still Dalton? Andy Dalton? Yeah, Dalton had a couple of nice wins against teams that they should have beat anyway, but still, they were nice enough wins to keep Jace, uh, Jameis on the bench. I, I tell you the truth. I don't know what's going on in New Orleans. I, they, I don't think they know which way is up. I think they're just trying to finish out the season and see what happens, you know? They'll take their wins when they can get them, but uh, they're struggling. The Buccaneers are struggling, too, but the Buccaneers are the kind of team, you know, they got Tom Brady. So you're thinking every week you're thinking this could be the week that they turn it around. It's hard to say, man. Saints aren't running the ball with authority anyway, and Dalton struggles against teams with good defenses, Uh, and the Niners obviously have a good defense, so that's why the Saints weren't able to put any points on the board last week. Now, whether they put points on the board against the Buccaneers or not remains to be seen. But last week, the Bucks defense sacked Jacoby Brissett four times, and they picked him off once. But because the offense had so uh, a little success scoring in the second half of the game, the defense was on the field for a long time, and eventually Cleveland was able to chip away from them or chip away at them and eventually win the game in overtime. I think the Bucks defense will pull it together this week against the Saints, who who don't have much going either way. I can't pick against the Buccaneers in this one. I believe they'll beat the Saints and they'll be at home. Take the Bucks.
0: Yeah, Saints are only allowing 18.5 points per game. They're coming in seventh defensively in terms of scoring. So right, you know that makes sense. Well. There was a bye week for the Cardinals and the Panthers.
1: Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that. Yes, they are on the bye.
0: They are on the bye. So we just want to mention that for all of you fantasy guys. Don't put Kyler Murray on your team this week. <laughs> What's the, Did you see something came up about Kyler Murray? Who was it? Um, somebody posted something about him, and he clapped back on Twitter. Anyway. Uh has got some some drama and stuff following him around nowadays. About Call of Duty? No, it was I, I'm not sure. I again I, I hate when I bring this stuff up and I just kind of saw it real quick, go by, but it was a Twitter thing. But somebody said something and Tyler came back and said, you know, don't be blasting me just so you can get ratings on your podcast, you know. <laughs> it would be like a big brother call me. You know?
1: What yeah, I mean? right, right, right. Actually, Kyler didn't play bad last week. I didn't mention it because they're on the body so we don't have a game, but I thought he played pretty well. They had the lead. They lost at the end, so. And what about Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold with the comeback. Wait, did they win? I think they did. I think they did win. Yeah. Yeah, right. I remember he hit DJ Moore late in the game. I remember that. That was a good catch.
0: And I think he, oh. he rolled his way into the end zone for one touchdown. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? That? I'm happy for the coach, Steve Wilkes, the interim coach. Right, right. I'm happy for him. I don't think he got a real chance when he was the head coach at Arizona. They fired him pretty quick. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Okay. All right. So there's
0: your Cardinals and your Panthers. And once we wrap up the bias plus report, Benny, there's basically one piece of business left to do.
1: We got a buster. The bias Sam buster Darnold.
0: We are those Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold. With an unfavorable bias plus score of 4.1, a net one of plus 13 for bias plus buster score of 17.1. Good job, Carolina. Good job. Good job, Steve Wilkes. Those Carolina Panthers got it done. Well, okay then, Benny. That uh wraps up the Bias Plus report, the bias plus buster of the week. That's all I got. You got anything? Mm, go knows. Go knows. All right.